Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're telling the story of United Airlines Flight 811. This is part one of two, so be sure to come back next week for part two. Thanks for listening. I'm good. I found my pop filter. Yes, good. It's a very silly thing to lose. It's just like a loose pop filter. Yes. Today we are telling the story of United Airlines Flight 811. So I, at some point we're probably going to have to like talk in at length about that whole thing that happened with United and the doctor getting dragged off the plane. Mm, yeah. Ugh. But Ugh. not today. Today okay. we're going to talk about something that happened when that doctor was like 25. So okay, perfect. This was in February 24th, 1989. Smoking I on feel planes. Like we've been in 1989 a lot lately. Yep. Yep. Smoking on planes for sure. Yeah. Smoking on planes. Um. Uh. I, thankfully, this time it doesn't necessarily come up as much as it has in the past. Um, yes. But <laughs> definitely luxury because it's also a 747, so it mm. is the best plane. Right. To smoke on. Right. Since it's just the best plane in general. Right. Side note to everybody out there, in no way do you have to smoke to do this. It is not in any way related to actually smoking. But Mm. if you tell Marlboro your birthday, they will send you a birthday gift every year. Not only are they birthday gifts, they are the most lovely birthday gifts. Nice, personalized birthday gifts. I do not smoke. I do not smoke Marlboros. I do not. This is not a thing. Okay. (laughs) But I don't know why. I don't know why. Right. I don't know how they find me. I've lived at three different addresses. They find me and they mail me a birthday gift every year. It's incredible. And it's it's incredible. It's bizarre. I got sunglasses. I've gotten uh, coasters that are very like, nice coasters. Wood personalized coasters. Engraved York- coasters. Yeah. With New York State because we live in New York State and my initials. <laughs> I got, um, uh, what are they called? Playing cards in like a yes. thin, like yep. ocean themed ones that you would bring on a boat with Amazing. my initials. Oh. Have so, you gotten yours this year yet? I wonder what. The... It's coming. It'll yeah. be here. I'll let, I'll let everybody Soon. know what it is. Update I'll... us, please. Yeah. And everybody, listen, do it. Tell them yeah. about your birthday. You don't have to tell them your address, apparently. They'll find you. <laughs> they already know it. They already know. Uh, in 1989, they probably were actually allowed to advertise, so they didn't necessarily right. do that. But right, <laughs> but now so, they're trying hard. I know because they and there's no like there's nothing about smoking when they send it to you because they're not allowed to advertise. So it's just right. like happy birthday from Marlboro. Like right, right. <laughs> it's it. not like Marlboro products. Like it's not like a towel that says Marlboro on it. Like no, nothing. Like I remember those from the 90s when when um. Like, my parents smoked Marlboros, and they would save the, like, do you know what I'm talking about? There was, like, a coupon on the Marlboro yes. pack. Yeah. And you had to cut it out, and you could redeem it with a catalog. I'm, like, 99% I had a Joe Camel t-shirt yeah. as a child. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That was just, it was just a thing. It was one yeah. of the brands. Like, you yes. could have, like, a Coca-Cola shirt. You could have a Joe Camel shirt. Right. Um, but it's, like, it's, um... What is the word I'm looking for? I'm not going to be able to come up with it. Um, derivative, maybe? When you get quarterly stock. Not derivative. Dividend. Dividend. That's it. It's like, it's kind of like that. When Marlboro did that in the 90s, like the 80s and 90s, they're like, okay, thanks for smoking. We're going to give you 
stuff like a yeah a free, like stuff for saving <laughs> yeah. your back like, right 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 uh that like the save your box tops and your oh subway God. coupons and all of that that it was a good era for coupons for sure yeah it was a good era so that <laughs> that wasn't quite 1989 i don't know when box tops for education became a thing but <laughs> sometime after 1989 yeah so this beautiful gorgeous 747 this magnificent beautiful plane uh is going to fly from lax uh so los angeles to honolulu Mm. to auckland new zealand to sydney so the flight is lax to sydney via honolulu and auckland and it flew from la to honolulu just fine no problem i will just say in your life if you are so blessed to fly um between LA and Asia Mm. and it's like oh I can stop over in Honolulu it's a terrible place to stop I know like it's in the middle of the ocean and this is back in like the days where you would have to have those stopovers it makes your flight so much longer so much longer flying from like New York to LA to Honolulu to Tokyo which is the route that Brian and I did once is like infinitely longer (laughs) than new york to tokyo direct obviously that's more costly usually but anyway doesn't matter right um our pilots are captain david first officer greg and flight engineer because it's the good old days with the flight Mm. engineer in there randy randall (laughs) is what's written down but um, randy is like a fun like cute name right we're calling randy yeah so (laughs) captain david is 59 years old this is his second to last flight ever. No. He is about to retire. This is his, I don't know, all of the movies where, like, the the friggin' police chief gets murdered right. in his last week before <laughs> retirement or whatever. Yeah. Captain Ugh. David is, this is the second to last flight he will ever do ever. Okay. <sighs> right. There's 355 people on board. Uh, 18 crew. Wow. And, okay, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, big, big, full plane, right? Um, and again, so it's a stop over in Honolulu. So they've uh, had some passengers get off, some passengers get on, whatever. Uh, this is, I won't go into the, all the details, but if anybody knows what Locker V means, so the long and short of it is um, in 1988, so just a couple months, two months, I think, before this flight, um, the there was a terrorist bombing on a plane over Lockerbie, Scotland. So people mm. tend to call it Lockerbie because this plane just rained down on this little town Jeez. in Scotland. I know. Um, so I won't go into all the details of that. It is interesting, but um, it's uh, the reason I bring it up here is just because it's like present in people's minds, right? Mm-hmm. Like it had just happened, just like 9-11 was very much present on everyone's mind um, yeah. with the AA flight that we covered. So, uh, and since it's a pre-9-11 flight and yeah. passengers are getting off and getting on, they're, like, trying to be extra careful. Like, the like everyone's aware that, like, we got to check the bags. we got to check the passengers. we got to make sure yeah. that, you know, try to be careful to notice if anything weird gets on. That's all it really means at this point. Like, there's no, mm. there's no metal. Like, there's nothing to stop anyone. It's more just, like, keep an eye out, see if anything looks right. suspicious. But right. Uh, so everybody uh, boards up. Uh, it's it has to fly out at one fifty two a.m. Oof. 
so like a terrible terrible time to have to yeah. get on a plane um so, so sleepy they let, so sleepy right so sleepy yeah so and like our boys david greg and randy they just you know they probably had to wake up at midnight or whatever right right so everybody hops on the plane uh and they're flying uh to auckland new zealand at this point so plane takes off at 152 uh and there's some thunderstorms like any island when it's dark like it is just like a spot of light you know Mm, in the ocean yeah um there's like kind of cool stuff from uh world war ii where like they had like a strict no lights on at night so that mm-hmm. bombers couldn't see where the island was because you really wouldn't oh, be able yeah. to see it right yeah. right yeah because it is just like the vastness of the pacific ocean all around right. honolulu so or all around hawaii so uh 1 a.m plane takes off thunderstorms in the area they have to like kind of dodge the thunderstorms you know try not to get caught up in one as they're um, flying out and they're ascending through uh, like 10,000 feet, 20,000 feet, they're kind of like dodging <laughs> these thunderstorms. So they yeah. keep the um, seatbelt light on. They keep the seatbelt light on. They tell the flight attendants, like, don't get up quite yet. You know, just hang out for a second till we're around these uh, these uh thunderstorms and then they ding maybe if you've ever been on a plane there's like a ding that means that it's okay for the flight attendants to get up and then you don't do anything when you hear that ding you stay seated (laughs) flight attendants get up but you sit down (laughs) and that lets them um you know like get your drinks ready and stuff like leave them be so they like ding to the ding that means the flight attendants can move around (laughs) everybody's still seated um the seatbelt light is still on and bang no the cargo door damn those cargo doors oh my god rips off oh smashes into the (gasps) fuselage into the body of the plane and then on its way smashes into the wing smashes into the horizontal stabilizer and the vertical stabilizer oh bam 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 on the right side of the plane so as the cargo door smashes into the fuselage, into the side of the plane, it pops like a balloon because that's what planes do when they're pressurized. And 10 seats get sucked out. Oh, my God. With nine people in them. Oh, no. One of the people is a flight attendant named Laura. Oh. Laura goddamn holds on. Oh. <gasps> Laurel holds on to a seat, like the leg of a chair, holds on, and passengers pull her back (gasps) in. She's very badly injured. She's badly injured, but she's still back. Instead of, you know, flying into the ocean, she's back, you know, in the relative safety of the plane. Another flight attendant was going up the stairs. So again, so this is 747. Yeah, double decker. And the where it got ripped off to so the cargo door, I should have specified, is the um, forward right side cargo door. So this is right underneath the um, the cockpit, right? And oh, wow. Okay. So when it, when it, where it hit, it hit so that both levels were damaged. Oof. So one of the flight attendants was going up the stairs when this happened. Uh, and she almost got sucked out too, but she held on to the stair railing oh and didn't God. get sucked out. 
So no flight attendants were actually taken out of the plane. Only passengers oh. were seated oh. in their chairs and their chairs got like the whole thing got sucked out. Jeez. That is just an unlucky placement. Oh my gosh. So like, unlucky. God. Our girl who was sitting on the stairs, May is her name. She's a flight attendant, right? Mm-hmm. From her vantage point, she's still got a hold on, right? They're above, they're at 22,000 feet when this happens. So the, the cabin is pressurized. So as soon as that happens, no one can breathe. Uh, the oxygen system gets damaged. Obviously, it happens to hit in a place where the oxygen system is located. So the, uh, the when the things pop down, the um, oxygen masks fall from the sky. Uh, nothing, nothing in them. No oxygen. So everybody's got to really, you know, stay put. Jeez. And that hypoxia is going to set in. And just the incredible shock and the certainty uh, yeah. that it's a bomb. Bombs are already on everyone's minds. Yep. So well because there's like a hole in the side of the plane currently yes there's a hole in the side of the plane, a big huge hole in the side of the plane that can be like people can see yeah yeah and and you can see it from both levels so because of where it got ripped out the um upper deck where the first and business class is and the main cabin uh like lower level both of those like there's a hole in the whole side of the plane if that makes sense my god if you were on this plane you would never fly again Oh my gosh, right? How could you? But our girl May, from her vantage point, thinks, oh my god, the the cockpit could have been destroyed. Oh. Like maybe the true. pilots are gone oh. or dead or injured, right? So she's just sitting there, like has no idea. Nobody on board knows exactly what's been damaged because nobody yeah. understands exactly what the source of the damage was. Again, going back to that idea that they believe it's a bomb. If it's a bomb under in the cargo hold, right? Right. Then the um, cockpit could have been directly above it and could have gotten damaged. Mm. But thank God it wasn't, right? So from the cockpit, the pilots just hear, you know, a huge smash, right? And mm. they uh, instantly think, bomb like oh my god bomb they um start to uh, so the engines on the right side of the plane where the damage was engines three and four on the right wing uh start to freak out obviously Mm -hmm. uh engines three is going nuts and like vibrating the whole plane and it's like effort to keep going because they don't just like die they are they are like still trying to do their thing like doing their best just trying so engine three is like, and so they turn engine three off and engine four doesn't look quite right. Like the information oh it's giving them is, is damaged. So it doesn't seem quite right. They like pull the speed back on it a little bit. Now a fully loaded just took off from the airport full of fuel to go all the way to New Zealand, oh. full of passengers, full of cargo, full of fuel, two engines. No. Two engines and both on the same side of the plane, right? You better start dumping that fuel. Bingo, bango. That's what they start doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, you know, right into the ocean. Right in the ocean. <laughs> Fuck you. We fish. love to see it. We love to see it after. That, listen, you gotta, you gotta. So they're at 22,000 feet. So probably it would just evaporate in the air. And we yeah. choose to believe that that's totally fine because it's necessary. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> The uh, pilots are trying to figure out exactly what's wrong. They uh, immediately know that they need to, like you said, dump fuel. They need to get down, right? They need to get down Mm. to a breathable level, which is even more important than they realize because the oxygen system is damaged, right? Mm. Mm. So they, and they need to like go back to Hawaii, right? They're about 17 minutes out 
from Hawaii. There are thunderstorms, we will right. remember, in the area. Um, so as, like, bang, uh, like, they know that the, the engines are to freak out. They start to descend. They call air traffic control. They try to call the flight attendants. The intercom is broken. So they can't do, they can't talk to the flight attendants, and they can't talk to the passengers. So as they're turning around, uh, there is not um at least i couldn't find it i i didn't find like the recording the cvr recording for this but there is a very good i think well acted i mean you know in terms of like television shows right <laughs> well yeah, acted yeah. um episode of mayday about this that you can find mm. on okay. uh youtube and it's you know the way that they're the things that they're saying is basically like okay it's a bomb what's going on with engine four like what's it doing um mm. turn off engine three and they're like trying to figure out are we going to be able to like maintain altitude like are we We have to drop right because we have to get to a breathable altitude but right. are we going to be able to like keep from dropping all the way and stalling right and again going back to that idea that from the cockpit you can you can only ever know so much they can't see the damage they they don't know there's a hole in the side of the plane they don't know what's damaged they don't know what's going to work and what isn't so again, the debris damaged the uh, the fuselage itself. The cargo door itself is obviously gone. The uh, leading edge, meaning like the front of the wing, is damaged, which makes the plane it's not smooth, right? It doesn't fly the way you want it to. Is damaged. Uh, the horizontal, like the things, the fins on the back of the plane on the tail are both mm -hmm. damaged, and both engines are damaged on that side of the plane. So there's a lot of damage. So as they're trying to figure out, they're calling uh, air traffic control in Honolulu, declare an emergency, trying to turn around, dumping fuel, and kind of trying to, like, figure out what's working and what isn't, right? So they send uh, the flight engineer, right, our boy Randy, down to check it out. Randy opens the door of the cockpit and sees the hole. But not mm. most of the hole, because most of the hole is actually not on the upper deck, right? So he sees it, and he thinks, oh, my God, bomb, just like everybody thought, right? He walks down the stairs, sees our girl May. May screams at him first. <laughs> She's oh relieved, God. I'm sure, that uh, the plane didn't, that the pilots are alive. I'm sure she's right. relieved that the pilots are alive. But she screams, get us down onto the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, passengers who are on the right side of the plane can see that engine four is on fire. Jeez. On fire. Randy comes down, looks out the window, sees the engines on fire, hops back up the stairs, comes in and says, okay, so here's the deal. Huge hole in the side of the plane. Uh, some, some seats, some seats missing, seats missing. Oh. Some seats are gone. Yep. <laughs> uh, engine four is on fire. You got to turn that off. Uh, wing is messed up on the right side uh, and the passenger or the pilots the pilots had like a conversation briefly about like wait so so like people are, are missing like seats are Ooh. gone and they're yeah. like yeah and like how many and the, it's that shock thing right because this is you know this is 90 seconds after the initial thing right. but the their conversation is just like so we lost some people and he's just like I mean it, you know, and like, you don't know for sure, but you do know, right? Yeah. I don't right. know. I just can't imagine that, like, that fear. So there's another kind of more general problem, which is that the whole plane is now much less, um, it, the whole plane is much more fragile now, mm -hmm. right? What I was actually thinking about 
I don't know how many of you have had this happen, but your windshield gets like a little tiny crack in it. Yep. And if it's a straight crack, then they're supposed to leave you alone <laughs> at least yep. for a little while. But if it's one of those little spider web cracks, then they pull you over and you tell them, I can't afford to fix my windshield. <laughs> and they say, what if you hit a deer? The, your whole windshield will shatter and the deer will be in your lap. And it, <laughs> you're paying for my windshield, officer? But anyway, so it's like that, right? So because because the plane has been like has been shattered in a way mm. right the whole fuselage is now um more vulnerable to breaking apart right, right? and it's overweight so even as they are trying to figure out how to get back to Hawaii, if they can get back to Hawaii or if they're going to have to do a water landing, if they're oh, going to have God. to ditch, right? They have no idea if the plane won't just shatter, right? Like your windshield, if it has a crack and you hit a deer, right? So all of that to say, as they're working through this, as they're figuring this out, they are talking about the practicality what happens if we do have to land in the ocean, if we do have to ditch, if we can't get back. So what they're doing is they're, um, they've got engines one and two at full takeoff power, mm. full takeoff power as all the way forward, which uh, on a 747, those engines are, can be at full takeoff power for four minutes and they are oh. 15 minutes away. Okay. So, uh, they are in the process of dumping fuel. It's going to take some time. It's going to yeah. take a minute to dump all this fuel, right? Because it is an immense amount of fuel and it's not right. just like it opens up, you know, it's not just like, right. It just dumps out. Right, right. It takes time. So they're turning back toward Hawaii, heading back in that direction and, and seriously talking about what their options are, right? Because if mm. they have to ditch the plane in Hawaii, in the ocean, if they, which to be clear, that idea, right, of ditching a plane on the water, I know I bring this up all the time, but I think that, like, the miracle on the Hudson and Sully and that whole thing. <laughs> we love Sully. People, love him. Love him to death. <laughs> but I think it gives people the impression that that's, like, one of your options. Like, yeah. you can do that if you have to. And you no. you can do it if you right. have to, but your plane, it's not that different than landing, um, like, just crashing into the ground, yeah. right? And, and if you land, if you imagine the waves, right, if one of the waves, like if one of the wings hits the water, right, if you don't yeah. land perfectly level and you can't land perfectly level because the, the level surface is moving, right? So if a wave hits one of your wings, then it'll pull your plane, it'll pull that wing down, right? right. It'll, your plane will spin. It's really it's not safe right right and not easy and and there's a giant hole in the side of this particular plane at the moment right. so, so it would just exactly super not ideal super not ideal right even if you even if they perfectly landed on like a clear still waters right then the, it's gonna yeah. fill up with water instantly right right so they're trying to figure it out they do get down to uh breathable altitude right I have cannot fathom what the cabin is like because it would just be freezing cold and like the air would just be like whipping around. And yeah. again, when you look out the window, all you see is blackness, right? Like mm -hmm. the vast blackness of the Pacific Ocean, right? As far as you can see, they are they are far enough out that they cannot see Hawaii. Oof. They can't communicate with the flight attendants, which is another thing that is a real problem in this case, right? Because they need if the, what if they are going to have to ditch in the water they would have to do that without being able to give anyone any warning right? right so they just have to like trust the flight attendants the flight attendants are like 
they like snapped it back into action once it got down to a breathable altitude right they started you know went with their training went up and down the aisle uh handing out life vests Mm. and there is that thing i just think about like how hollow that would feel yeah right how hollow it would feel to like hand out the life vests and try to give directions i think i've said this a million times because it's just because we're gonna do a story where this comes up do not inflate your life vest inside the plane jesus let your life vest outside of the plane do not become bigger and bulkier (laughs) inside the plane like it's really a thing so um you know but they can't say that because they don't have any intercom they can't communicate easily 350 people on the plane there's running around trying to get everybody to put on their um, life vest trying to tell everybody you know explain brace position or whatever which is again thankfully fairly simple but they're trying to keep their cool and just keep everybody safe or do whatever they can to the peace that they have control over. I don't know. It just seems so, so, so difficult. Right. Just so fast, right? It just happens so quickly. So there's like a speed issue where they have the engines going um, as hard. The two engines that they have that are working, they have them going like full blast, right? Yeah. Um, but even at that, the amount of control they have over their speed is relatively small. The margin of, of control they have is pretty small. So they their stall speed, right, which is the speed at which the plane will fall out of the sky because they won't have enough lift. There won't be enough air passing over the wings to maintain lift because they're not going fast enough. So the... Um, they're like just over stall speed, right? They're like just, just, Jeez. just over stall speed, which again, that's what they need to do. And it's what they can do, but it also puts them in more danger because if those engines that are really only supposed to do this for four minutes don't last, then they're going to have very, very little time yeah. right? Like before the plane starts to drop. So they're turning back and as they're getting closer, they can see the lights right they can see hawaii they can start to you know see like those little specks of light of the island it's gonna be so little time if they do have to ditch in the water right yeah. like they're headed for the airport they're trying to get to the airport if they're not going to make it to the airport there's going to be very very little time to realize that and act on it there's not a way to warn the passengers there's not a way to warn the flight attendants so they're getting closer they talk about the fear that they'll be going too fast so they don't have flaps they don't know if they have landing gear. They have no idea if landing gear is going to work. They're, they they are too heavy. So they're talking about if they overshoot the runway, it, like they can't go around like in a normal landing. If you come in and it's not quite right, you just like pick up the pace and go back around and try landing again. And that's a relatively common thing. Hmm. But they don't have that option because they are already pushing their plane to like the absolute limit. So if they don't line it up perfectly this time, if they don't, if they don't get this chance, if they miss the chance right now, if they even get a chance to land on the runway, then they could crash in populated areas, right? Like trying to turn around, trying to go back around to try landing again. And so that's one of those things I've seen this in other recordings, like other things where they talk about like, are we like do we have enough hope to even try to land at the airport where we could potentially 
endanger other people right right? which I just hate that whole question makes me so sick where you're just doing this calculation where your job is to try to land this plane with these people and you on board but what if it's not even if the chances of you surviving are so low then do you have to try not to endanger other people I just can't imagine going from like I'm at work I'm going to be retiring soon oh my god yeah I forgot Right. So maybe I should. Right. Maybe we shouldn't even try to save ourselves lest we hurt other people. Anyway, so there's no flaps. They know they're going to be overweight. They know they're going to be going too fast. They have no way of knowing if when they make when they they don't know if they have landing gear. So if they do have to land on their belly, there's a real, real, real danger of the plane breaking apart as soon as they land. Right. So they get close. They drop the landing gear and they can't hear it. Right. Mm. Because the noise, it's so, so noisy. The yeah. lights say that they have landing gear. Their hydraulics seem OK. So they're just like, OK, we're going to believe in the landing gear. <laughs> we're just going to believe um, the flight attendants. Some of the flight attendants talked about how they couldn't hear the landing gear. And so, like, they kind of just felt like, oh, oh, this we're going to die. Yeah. We're going to die. Um, so as they're getting closer, they can see the airport. It looks like at least like the friggin' God bless engine one and two, they are held out. And this part I think makes me the sickest because the first officer calls out uh, the captain's flying because it's an emergency. Um, And the first officer calls out altitude and speed information, right? Because Mm -hmm. that way the pilot who's flying can look straight ahead. And the other pilot calls out altitude and speed, right? To make sure you get that angle, right? And land when you want to, where you want to, at the speed you want to. And I just think about when there's like a real, real danger that your plane will just shatter like a glass bottle when you yeah. touch down and you're calling out altitude like 200 feet, oh 175 feet, 100, right, like counting down. And you're just counting down to either like dying or being yeah. fine, right? Yeah. So they get closer, closer, closer. They touch down on the landing gear. The landing gear was there. Touchdown on the landing gear. They obviously touch down hard and they're going too fast. And as they roll down the runway, finally, 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 they come to a stop. Oh, thank God. Yes. They evacuated that plane, that 747, in 40 seconds. (laughs) No! 40 seconds. Everybody got the fuck off the plane. (laughs) Yeah, they're never flying again. Oh, my gosh, right? Absolutely not. 40 seconds somebody who was flying on it talked about how uh so oh it was one of the flight attendants because what they instruct people to do is like slide down and run like just run away from the plane don't think about it don't pick a direction slide down run and how people actually like did it yeah (laughs) which is great great good job guys (laughs) like don't lollygag don't be the person who stands at the top of the escalator death penalty for those people (laughs) but so they uh, Jeez, wait the, wait that's yeah. a, that's over 300 people yeah like in 40 seconds 68 people or whatever 40 Jeez. seconds okay yeah and like nobody even went out the hole like everybody actually used the amazing so there is one last like tiny piece which is just that the um the pilots the like ran around the plane making sure everybody was off which is mm. part of their the deal or whatever but as they were doing that, one of the things I think about is you have no idea if there's another bomb on the plane. 
Like you yeah. believe 100% that there's a bomb on the plane. And I'm sure that's part of what inspired everybody to slide down and keep running. But yeah. that, that idea that you're just like checking to make sure nobody's left behind and uh, you don't know, right? You have no idea. So they got off the plane and um, could see the damage right which i think that would be for like the captain who flew and got them home hadn't seen the damage until he got off the plane and i just imagine mm. that like wash of like ice cold God, water yeah. down your back basically just that yep. shivering feeling Ugh. our girl laura was injured really badly um but she did survive oh good yeah she did survive and um, the people who were pulled out of the plane in the initial decompression um, did all die. Mm. Um, did they find any body parts or anything? So I, this is a two-parter. And usually we say that up front, but this time we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is a two-parter. So Now you know. Now you know, friends. Surprise. So um, we're going to talk more about the investigation and the investigation on this one is really interesting because of the specifically because of the family members of people okay. who died. Oh, so okay. there's like details in there that why would I spoil this story from 30? Yeah, years? <laughs> there is like this little kind of eerie <laughs> foreshadowing thing mm. where so that everything just happened that we talked about. And. At the same time, all of this is happening during this, like, 18-minute catastrophe, right? These incredibly brief, terrifying events. In New Zealand, a lady wakes up all of a sudden with a start and looks to the foot of her bed, and her son is standing there. Oh. And she sees him. And he smiles and he vanishes. And she woke her husband up and said, I think something's happened Mm. on our son's flight since he's coming to visit us. He's supposed to arrive tomorrow. And her husband told her to go back to sleep. No. And then when they woke up in the morning, they saw the news that this had happened. And she didn't know because it's the olden days. She doesn't know if it's her son's flight for sure. And only nine people of all the people on board actually died out of more than 350. And she said she just knew her son had died. And that lady is a big part of what we're going to talk about next week. So if you, you don't have to believe in anything paranormal to enjoy the investigation episode, just to be clear, no, you don't have to believe in anything supernatural. You don't have to. We're going to talk but about it the helps. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it always helps. No, I just think that that, I, I mean, I believe that that happened. Whatever explanation is the most important or whatever makes sense to you is, yeah. is neutral. Right. But I, I mean, that, that happened. She that happened. That. Yeah that dream or that vision or he visited her or whatever it was i damn yeah so that's gonna be a little taste of what we're gonna talk about next week okay yeah so well, it's i know all right i mean you, yeah. they landed it he landed it he, he landed, landed it. it he did land it he did under incredibly stressful <laughs> yeah. circumstances right 
That was another long one. That was like another, you know, like, what is it, 15 minutes or whatever he had to fly it? Yeah. Back. Yeah. It was like, uh, I think it was uh, like 17 and a half, 18 minutes from, oh, yeah. from decompression. That's, that's like long the longest time. 18 minutes of anybody's life. Yes. Jeez. I can't, uh, I can't imagine, because I don't know the names of the passengers who were like right behind yep. this yep. and pulled the flight attendant back in. Yeah. Pulled her back in. Right. Amazing. After like possibly maybe their family members had just been sucked out. Like. Right. That's possible. Yeah. Ugh. I, I think being like adjacent to those seats would be its own oh my god yeah just bizarre sickening experience well and you're probably thinking like well i'm definitely next yeah there's no way this plane is gonna hold up and i'm not gonna fly out right right good lord and the plane just as like a nice little nice little epilogue the plane uh they they fixed it and it flew again for like 10 more years (laughs) no for longer until 2004 yeah they fixed that (laughs) all right all right. Yeah. No dirty Tupperware. <laughs> they did. They fixed it all up and all right. it flew for 15 more years. <laughs> I am you know not why. made for the airline industry. No. <laughs> I mean, it's a 747. You can't just throw a 747 out. All right, right. Think of it like if uh like if you accidentally wo- like washed something with bleach with your wedding ring. You don't just throw it out. Mm. Right, 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 right. Like that. Right. It's it's important. It's an important plane. (laughs) I guess. No, it is. It is. I'm glad that they were able to do that. Uh, Me. Yeah. I mean, and it's safe, right? Like it's. Yeah. Crash again. I hope. No, no, no. It didn't have anything else. I think they. The according to what I read, they scrapped it in uh, 2004. Which. Oh, okay. Again. Wow. Just a shout out to everybody. I don't know if any of you live in the desert and live near in one of these scrapyards for planes. But I want to visit one of those so badly. Oh, yes. So if you have the hookup for the scrapyards in the desert, I mean, yeah. I want to see one of those. I mean, like 10 out of 10. Like, that's what right. I want. My birthday's coming up. Give me that. <laughs> yes. Uh, take it for two, please. Yes, please. Oh, no, no. Definitely. We're going together. <laughs> no, We're going just together. kidding. But the... is it, wh- why do they do deserts? Oh, again? so it's a whole thing. Um so when they scrap planes it, so like okay a junkyard right i don't know if it, you've ever gone to a junkyard to get like a part for your car yeah. or tires yep. or something right so oh, yeah. that can be anything right but the the stuff will degrade over time right sure. so yeah. things like planes uh, they you, the scrapyards are these like massive massive like acres and acres and acres of desert because wow. there won't be as much of a like corrosive effect or it won't oh. deteriorate as quickly and something you can like buy a whole plane if you want from a scrapyard people buy entire planes and like fix them up um <laughs> all like pretty regularly okay. actually yeah. our are uh, the 737 max that we've talked about so very much mm-hmm. um they all they had to like land all of those in one of those desert lots for like a oh, year wow. and a half yeah while they fixed the software problem Jeez. um so yeah yeah that's i mean i don't know if there's like a deeper reason than like um the desert yeah. will not keep it <laughs> will keep it safe yeah <laughs> keep it nice yeah. and safe i right. love i'm pretty sure like if you were like a desert animal you would totally like make a home in one of those yeah yeah definitely shady that is ideal right 
that's actually there's i think if you like search for it um there's a couple people who have bought planes from scrapyards and like Hmm. turned them into their house oh Oh my gosh how cool is that oh my gosh you could that would be a really cool tree house it would be an amazing tree house oh all right when we make it that'll be our office that'll be just our our headquarters okay guys seriously a crashed plane in a tree exactly guys listen okay don't you want that (laughs) right don't you want want that don't you want that if you want that you you would you would be able to come visit us 110 we would do visiting hours oh yeah no let's talk about it so two things goodness (laughs) two two things about that one is um please share our podcast darling friends (laughs) yes (laughs) tell your friends about us it is great um but then two we wanted to do a hangout and I don't know any other thing to call it. We just want to do maybe as honestly a Zoom call. I don't know. And just hang out and watch the King Air video. And if you know yeah. what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, then you'll find out. Then if you hang out. you'll be like me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fun surprise. Oh, and it's a good, it's a solid thing to go into cold. Like it's oh. enjoyable if you've seen it. It's enjoyable if you haven't. For those of you who know or don't, I mean, you can watch it ahead of time. You don't have to watch it with us. You don't have to save it. It's okay. But um, <laughs> FS Mania is the name of the channel. And Tim is the uh, beautiful creator of the King Air video and lots of what other videos. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Um, and so he and I have chatted a little bit about maybe hanging out with him too so if you'd like to hang out with uh minimum mariah and i but very much hopefully mariah myself and tim on a zoom call or i don't (laughs) know what instagram live is i don't really know how many of these things work but we're gonna figure something out and if you want to hang out we're not going to charge for it or anything although you should tell your friends about us pretty please but yeah um yeah so we're talking about doing that if you have any interest in that you can email us and that way you know you're where you're that way we know you're interested um but we'll announce a date for that in the next couple weeks probably yeah. we'll announce it in a video or not video what do we make podcasts <laughs> we'll announce it in a podcast um and we'll throw it on instagram um so if you're not already following us on instagram follow us so that you can get fun updates yeah yeah was there anything else email I us think at, so. the podcast, at the podcast at gmail.com yeah follow us on the things you can follow us on tell your friends pretty please <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. So part two will be out next week. And we will look forward to seeing you there. Amazing. Perfect. Love you, Mariah. Thanks. Love you, too. Love you, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Pod Crashed. We so hope you enjoyed it. If you noticed anything we got wrong or if there's anything you want to let us know, you can email us at thepodcrashed at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok. If you check out the Instagram, you'll see that we have some beautiful new art. Uh, we're going to be posting a new logo, something that might get turned into a t-shirt at some point. If you think you'd like that, be sure to let us know, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.